0: at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. Chucky Creech. Well, man, I didn't think we were going to pull this off today. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was it was tough. I had to keep reminding myself, like, oh, man, you know, we got, uh, we got one of these meetings we got to do. Oh, man, I forgot. You know, I've been working on my little boy's 85cc cylinder, 85cc motor, today trying to get that button up so we're not last minute on that seems like you know when you're racing it's always something that's last minute how many races do you guys do a
2: month Man, it it depends so i want to say the end of june and the first of july we're kind of kind of free
1: um but like May, you know, it was every weekend almost, whether it be the NEDT, local, um, you know, like this weekend, um, they got the Midwest race and I, I I wanted to go check that out, but any weekend we have off from locals or the NEDT, the wife plans camping trips and stuff like that, you know, and kind of we kind of got to do that stuff to make to make everything roll
0: like it's supposed to when it comes to race time. <laughs> Nice. kind of keep it, keep it balanced, you know? Oh, right. You know, I mean, family life is just as important. You mentioned before we started, you were working on, on your son's 85. Yeah. He is in a TT bike as well. Yeah. It's a JB mod.
1: He races a 70 DR and a, a nonny super mini. Um, didn't know JB chassis with a CR 85 motor.
0: That's awesome. Do you do, let's start this where I wanted to start it is mm-hmm. how did you get into ATVs in the beginning? So that'll tell me I, how you into so PT.
1: It's kind of, it's kind of funny a little bit. So my dad, he raised flat track bikes before I was born. He raised back with Will Davis and all them really? on the flat track bikes. And, uh, <clears throat> So he had a friend of his that he used to hold up, get hurt. They ran over, his neck got ran over and killed him or whatever. And then I was born. So he's like, you know, he's done with that. I was born. So he wanted to, uh, and they, he, he didn't want to do none of that stuff. So um, he quit, you know, and my granddaddy, we would go during bike week up and down the East Coast and follow the flat track bikes. Um, We'd done that you know, a couple of times, and I just wanted to race. wanted to race something, you know, competitive, competitive. So our little local track was called Triple C Raceway. So when I turned 16, I had me a blaster. And I got some, I think they were called Nankane or some kind of tires like that. They were like lawnmower tires. And so this guy named Neil Pritchard, he sold stuff, and he was local to me. So I went to his house because his shop won't open. And now he's my father-in-law, but so he 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 had worked all kind of. Now you know, after I got to know him, he worked all kind of hours. He was at the shop sometimes, mainly in the evening, just whenever. But so I knock on the door, and this girl comes to the door, a little bit older than me, a couple of years, and um, kind of, I was like, whoa, she's kind of pretty, you know. I was all stuttering, uh, 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 "Ma'am, is Mister Pritchard here?" But well, she goes and gets her mama. Neil wasn't there, so I went and bought the tires. He knew, She knew I was coming or whatever. So <clears throat> I show up at the track. I don't have no sway bar or nothing. Raced my first race on a blaster. A buddy of mine from where we live threw it in the back of the truck. <clears throat> we go there and run our first race. Man, pretty cool. My brother was like, man, this is awesome. He had a 250R. He goes and gets his some tires, and me and my brother show up to the race Probably our first year, maybe. He's got a Nissan truck, and we put a 250R and a Blaster in a Nissan truck, sitting on the back bar, both of them in the bed of the truck, because we didn't have no trailer And um, you know, it kind of
0: started like that. So but, uh, your dad didn't know that you were doing this. Said again. Your dad didn't know that you were doing this. Well, um,
1: so my mom and dad did kind of split up. You know, my daddy knew I was racing, but. He kind of took a, a bad path, and he, he kind of didn't do things good and, and kind of stayed in trouble. But, uh, you know, he I would stay in contact with him. Some. He knew I was racing. He knew I started racing. You know, funny thing is, he used to race flat track bikes at Triple C. It used to be an oval flat track bike race track. And my granddaddy, he was the flagman there back then. Um, and that was kind of cool. You know, like the guy that owns a place raced with my daddy, and, you know, I knew him and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> my mom really went into it and my stepdad, and they're like, you know, yeah, he's into everything. He's always doing something. This will blow over. You know, he wants to do this. he will gotten there, have a little fun and he'll go to something else. But, you know, we started running races and they kind of started getting involved. And, um, you know, man, it's like been nonstop ever since. My uh, stepdad bought me a 250R and uh, we built that thing. You know, we would modify stock shocks at first, made homemade sway bars to try to get by. And, uh, no 450 come out. We started doing that. And, um, right around that time I started dating the girl that I called ma'am at, uh, (laughs) at Neil's, at Neil's house. And she was like, the first time I met you, you called me ma'am. I went in there and told my mama, you better handle him because he just called me ma'am. I'm not speaking to that guy no more. <laughs> but uh, uh, like I say, that was, you know, that that was crazy. You would have never thought that was how it would go down. But, um, and we ended up getting married and now we're married and got three kids. And, you, uh,
0: you know. Do you still be- call her ma'am?
1: No, <laughs> no, <Nah. laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't call her ma'am. You just say she might say yes. Right? Yeah. She she might she can legally whoop me now. <laughs> <laughs> Does she race at all? Oh yeah. And she raced when she, I started when I was 16. She raced when she was real young, quit for a while and then come back. And uh like I race. She races, you know, I wait race pro, pro am unlimited, pro am Who's Your tire. And she races. Two stroke 250 class, um, women's class. My 11 year old, he races 70 and 90 class. My seven year old races 50 class. And my five year old girl races 50 beginner. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, when it comes to racing, like I race to take a break because this is nonstop work trying to keep everybody going.
0: How do you have time to have
2: a
1: job? It's tough. Um, you know, I do grading and landscaping and stuff. And sometimes when we do doing certain jobs or whatever, I can have it worked out to where, like, let's say we got to lay a lot of sod. The guys might not need me there or something, so I can um, I can kind of work it out where, hey, I'm gonna work on that bike today. I'm gonna work on this today. I'm gonna do that or whatever. So it kind of helps out, you know. um, but still, it just don't seem like there's enough time in the day
0: yeah, to get stuff get done. It's only going to get worse as those as those kids get older.
1: Well, man, I don't know those DRRs. They are the devil. I I mean, <laughs> I don't know who come up with them, but they're probably I feel like one of those ants, and they're down there with a the magnifying glass, burning us while we're running around. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's, I haven't heard it explained that way. But uh, you know what? You see those things, you hear those bikes, and I just, I just shudder every time I hear them because they're just, they're obnoxious. And I just,
1: it's like, yeah, it's like, it don't seem like nothing else to run with them. But man, I mean, you almost wish you could miss that era. But like my oldest one, he's kind of getting out of it, he's shifting now. My uh, middle one, maybe a couple years, it'll be shifting, but I still got a five-year-old that's got several more years in it. And uh, she's my little girl. So she's probably going to be, That's going to be worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's going to be 12 riding that thing going, daddy, fix my bike. And you're just yeah. out and do it. Right. Yeah. She told me, she
1: said the other day at a local daddy, when I go budding, it don't go budding. I'm like, what are you talking about? She was like, I give it everything, and it goes steel, and it don't move. And it was just, that bike was just tired, wore out, losing compression, clutches wore out in it. So I done a little bit to it, gave it a little bit of juice. Well, I didn't, but a buddy of mine drew good on those things, and he come over, and we worked on it, gave her a little bit of power. Lo and behold, first practice, just the other weekend, she runs into a tire. (laughs) I told my wife, I said, I told you, I didn't want her having no more power. She needs pom-poms. We don't need to, we, we need somebody to stop the racing trend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you know, the more you tell her no, the more she's going to do it. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. I love this. It, it, it makes me laugh and it makes me happy that, that the family's doing it. Um, y- You see the motocross family is doing the same things and, and the Woods yep. family is doing the same things. Uh, some of the off-road families are also doing it. And that's, it's just great to the sport grow in the families. Let's talk a little bit about TT racing in the modern era. It broke from the national series. Now you have your own series. There's more than one grouping of races. Um, How does that break down? Do you travel to some of the other series and race with those guys? Or do you stay with a specific series that, and, and I apologize for my lack of knowledge because I'm going to be honest with everybody. I did not do my homework. Like I was supposed to.
1: Yeah. So, um,
2: the, uh, the different series
1: is, um, there's a Midwest, and there's a new East extreme dirt track. And that's what I've been running and not really, <clears throat> not really trying to say anybody's any better or worse than others, but like some of the top premier riders in the nationals were from right along the East coast. And, um, you know, I don't know what problems happened with the AMA or whatever. um, You know, I know there's fees with the AMA and things got tough at one time, you know, um, economy and everything and people's money got really, really tight. Um, so that the NEDT come about and they they really made a big difference. Um, and it got real big pretty quick. And, um, you know, a lot of the premier riders ran that series. That's what kind of why I stayed with that series and it's along the East coast. Um, Billy Clay and them, they wrote through the mid. West, they they have a really good following also, they have a good good race, a good group of people, and, and some fast people. A bunch of our riders that race along the East Coast, they're starting to go over there and race some. You know, kind of kind of branch out. Like I said, i don't like to have this weekend over there, um, but you know, I kind of got to, We got to make everybody happy around right. the house, so we got to go camping. Um <laughs> I've been messing with him all week. I said, now I'm carrying the camper and the trailer to the race. I don't know what y'all doing. My middle boy, he's like, Why? Why? You know, he said, You're not going? What are we gonna do? So I don't know, bud. I'm gonna race. He was, you know, he was kind of worried. He thought I was leaving them, but uh, you know, like I said,
2: they're they're not the same, but it's they both have some of the top riders in the United States there, you know, um, not trying to take away one from the
1: other, but, uh, you know, the NEDT in the Midwest, they probably got, those two are probably the premier series is out there, you know, and, uh, the new East extreme dirt track, they have pretty good, uh, what would you call it? Like, um, I don't know if you call it fan base or following like uh, they have uh, YouTube channels and stuff and they have a bunch of views, a bunch of, bunch of likes, you know, their following is pretty big there. You know, they, they go big with the social media stuff and everything. Well,
0: that's, that's good. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do now. To, to... Yeah. That's where it's all at right now. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's instant access, instant, instant ability to be a part of something, you know? And yep. I get that. So, is there ever a time where you bring all of the riders together and have a race where both series go head to head and let's crown a champion?
1: Well, they have they haven't yet, and of course, one series has tried to, and then the other series may try to,
2: you know. But it's it's
1: you know one of the series is. Can't just say, hey, we're having an East versus the West this weekend. Everybody come, it's a showdown. I mean, I feel like as a group, they need they would need to come together and agree on something so that we don't have a race that weekend, they don't have a race that weekend, or we didn't just drive 15 hours the week before, and they didn't just drive 20 hours the week before, or whatever. So that, so did this uh what would you call a best case scenario you get the most people there? And you might have people that follow the NEDT or strong believers of that series that might wouldn't just go to the other series unless they were supported together. And you might have a Midwest rider that wouldn't think twice about going to the NEDT, the new East Extreme Dirt Track, um, unless the Midwest supported and 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 they felt like they all were on team and I'm going with my team or I'm going with my group or I'm going to support my group, you know, because my group is supporting it, you know. Um I, but I, they, I, I think I
0: understand that. You know, I, I and, think that they're infighting and and hurting the growth.
1: Well, you know, like they try not to they don't schedule on top of each other, so that's a good thing. But you know there has been talk and I believe before too long, it's going to end up happening where maybe we do a big race. I know the Reynolds, um, Mitch's dad, Mitch Reynolds, dad and stuff, they were trying to work on something like that, put it together, have a real big purse and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, and, and, and the talk was, you know, it's not something that they could say, Hey, we're going to have and have it next month. It was going to be kind of a big, um, bunch of planning a bit kind of a big ordeal you know um so they could have a, a real big purse you know um something to bring to people i mean a lot it, it's about money and and uh L- let me ask you this question are the rules the same
2: well i don't i know at, for at i know a couple of years ago they were not and Maybe that was some of the, the uh, the conflict there. Maybe,
1: you know, because so for example, um, we could run a hybrid, and I know in the Midwest you couldn't run a hybrid. Maybe you can now. I'm not sure, but I, I remember that being an issue because I was like, why do I want to go if I got to run pro am and can't run pro with my CRF hybrid? And um, so we would have to maybe change their rules for that race or whatever or or vice versa and it's like so if they said no hybrids i mean you're like you're telling me i can't race or if they think the hybrid was an advantage now you're letting somebody with an advantage come race against them you know um like i said i don't think you know there's a couple guys with hybrids there now so that rule may have changed
0: well, that's yeah, that that's rule good. may have changed. I mean, that that's good that that it works out, you know. And and there's guys like Daryl Rath that they're building hybrids. Yeah. You know they would yep. they, they want to race hybrids. You know. Yeah. And you know those hybrids are pretty nice. Um. And man, I felt like I had some of
1: the nicest ones and made some of the best power that I've ever seen on a on a four fifty bike, but. I don't know. I feel
2: like you can get too much. Um, I went crazy
1: and did something I would have thought I never would have done. And I ain't going to say it's like a joke or to play around because it's a lot of money to be joking or play around. But, you know, I did something and I, I have really fell in love with it. That's, you know, I got a Yalaha. You know, I, I bleed red, but I was like, you know, man, you just can't buy a new bike no more. This is the only one you can buy new. They're supporting the sport. Um, And I, I'm going to build one and try it out, you know, see how I like it. And I was
0: blown away. Let's have that conversation. You, you can buy a Yamaha 450, and buy a Yamaha 700. If you made special production classes and run a 700 class, run a 450 class, st- stock chassis, and you have two machines that are supported – by a factory that are building them. Yeah. You still have your hybrid class for the guys or or run an unlimited class you know or an ultra unlimited class so you can run the 700s against the 450 some tracks the 450s are going to dominate some tracks the 700s if they're long enough the 700s are going to run.
1: Yeah. And you know so like or we can run hybrids on ours but man I want to tell you like I had a hybrid and I, it was one of the fastest bikes that was out there. I mean, Astrobula is a pretty big track, pretty big straightaway. And there were many times I showed up there that when I went in the first turn, I went three bike lengths ahead of everybody. Um, made a bunch of power. I mean, there were some sacrifices there you had to make with that, you know, replacing pistons, the whole bunch, doing it, you know, whatever it may be. But, man, and I don't know what my Yamaha makes in power. So, I got that thing finished Wednesday. We were leaving to go to the first national, the first NEDT and no dyno tune or nothing. D at raid sent me a tune for my vortex. So we just went from there. And man, I mean, I was really blown away at how good it felt. I'm not going to say it makes the most horsepower to anything out there. Maybe it does. Maybe it don't. It's a little bit. Something's different, but dude, that thing handles like a champ. And, so much easier to ride.
0: <laughs> what what uh do you change the swing arm?
1: Yeah, so we got Rath swing arm, A arms, steering stem and uh you know, I run PP shocks, but we always uh, we swap that stuff out, you know, and um like I say man, it just handles excellent. Um you know, I was really blown away in the second NEDT race we had was it maybe a week or two ago. I was at Buds Creek, Maryland. And man, I had that race one. When I come out in the Joker Lane, I kinda my nerves got me and I spun out and had to go back around the tire and come back out on the onto the racetrack the last lap. And I, I would have come out in front of the guys in first and second, but I ended up coming out in third when I got back on the track. So I mean and that, I mean, those guys are some of the, I mean, the best out there, you know, I mean, they're, you know, there are no slouches at all. I mean, you know, so the second time on that bike to be able to do that, I mean, you know, like I say, pulled, I pulled a couple of hole shots like crazy and it's just, I mean, like I say, you know, how you, you ever ride a bike and it rides real easy and you're like, you know, when a bike's got a lot of power, it's not hard to ride. And if you get one that ain't got a lot of power, it's smoother and you don't feel like you're right, like you're like it's doing much, you know what I mean? That's kind of how this bike feels, but man, the power's got to be there. It's whole shot, nobody's pulling you down or straight away. It's just, it rides like a Cadillac.
0: It's got great straight ahead drive.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if it's the linkage on it or or, you know, they're a little bit heavier, but I've I've always thought that you can easily overpower the weight of your bike, you know, and, and you can make your bike too light. I, I have felt, you know, <clears throat> but this one is, I don't know the exact weight, but when you, if you try to pick the back end up, put it on stand, you know, it's heavier than that Honda is.
0: <laughs> so I ask you this, you have a hybrid and the advantage of the hybrid is the adjustability and the ability to make it turn better, to make it handle better so why does hybrid work better well like my my hybrid
1: it was a trx chassis but with a new fuel injection motor in it you know that's kind of what we and and they i mean how many years have they done the rmd on that 450r you know so i mean they've got some of the nicest stuff out there for um i just think that motor is overpowering the chassis you know um <clears throat> and like I said, I don't know if the aluminum chassis or whatever's working on it, Yamaha, but like I said, I was kind of skeptical and I've been a Honda man forever. But man, I'm gonna tell you, it 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 made me <clears throat> it made me uh pick up another Yamaha. i am actually building a second one for Ohio, so because I'm running three classes on one bike and all my locals on one bike. So I'm gonna have a second one. So I can run one bike in two classes and one bike in one class. That's you know, as probably I, smarter. That's probably smarter. <clears throat> you know, that, I mean that's how good I feel about that Yamaha. I had a, I got a brand new Honda built and to race. I was going to race that in pro class, play with the Yamaha and pro am. But when I run it at first practice, I was like, dude, this thing actually feels pretty good. And um, you know, so I kind of committed to it. And um, you know, like I say, I've I've got me another one and should have had that one ready in a couple of weeks, you know, before we leave to go to Astrabula.
0: So you're no longer bleeding red.
1: <clears throat> well, I mean, I red's my favorite color, but like <laughs> I, I like I actually like red, white, and blue. You know, that they're all good colors together, but red's always been my favorite. But uh my wife, she still rides, she rides a Honda 450 and um women's class and she rides her 250r
0: are you gonna let her try the
2: yamaha
1: well it's funny because i was messing with her i said if if you would just if you just rode it you would be like maybe you'd like it but if i say hey we're good this is what we're racing this weekend then it you wouldn't like it it would be something wrong you know because i decided we're gonna race that instead of the honda but um I told her, you know, I said, "Asher, really, you know, you practice Friday, heat race Saturday, main event Sunday. Kind of, it ain't all in one day. It's stretched out." I said, "You know, you ought to take one of them out and try it out on on Friday practice. You should just see what you think." You know, she kind of she likes to keep stuff the same. She don't like changing. You know,
0: um, there's a lot of writers that that, that that actually hurt their progress because they won't do de- testing. They won't develop it um man or woman it doesn't matter i mean yeah but she gets comfortable and long as she feels comfortable she's pretty daggone fast but
1: if you know if we change up something or i do something where she's not sure about or you know if for example if this if it's got too much gear or not enough whatever and she's like hey i need more i said okay i'm gonna change it you know she knows when i change it it's gonna be more but if I'm like, Hey, I seen this, we need to do this. It'll make it better. And she might be like, ah, you know, she not be too sure. Well, it, it'll take, it, it'll mess her up, you know, um, right. sometimes she can actually do better by just adjusting to what she had versus me changing stuff, you know, and, and getting her out of the, uh, making her question what I done a little bit, you know?
0: Well, I worked with Doug Eichner for years and years and years. And sometimes it was better to let him ride it the way it was when we took it out of the truck than to change it because he adapted to whatever, almost whatever you put under him. Yeah. If the shocks were off for that race, he may come out on the ride home. It may be miserable because he's chewing on me because the shocks (laughs) were dead. But during the race, you know, Doug, the lap times were still good. (laughs) You know, it might've been rough, but... Uh, so having a rider that adapts to it is, is great. It's horrible for testing because they're adapting instead of, instead of yeah. trying to, to, to ride it a certain way. <clears throat> How does the championship plate come into play for your series versus the other series? Um, if you understand the question I'm asking.
1: Um. Not really. What you mean like uh
0: well okay you run you said you run a pro am class, you run a pro class, and you run an unlimited class. Yep. It and you the the pro class obviously has points, the pro am class has points. Um the are the same classes in the other series, so they have the same style pros? I know they have pro and they have, I think they have an
1: open pro, and I don't they might not have a pro am class there so we have a pro lights which is like so do you remember a class rider can run pro am yes I. Right. so they have a pro lights class which is like a second class for a riders and if if i'm not mistaken it pays back <clears throat> but so i can't run pro lights but the a rider can right so if they want to, I guess you might say, move up a little bit. Um, they're they're running the pro lights, and but they don't have to worry about if if they're a little nervous with a pro out there with them like like we can run pro
0: am, you know. Um. So so no pros can race with them, but the A guys can race. So it's the same A guys yeah. going and racing yeah. the pro lights, but they don't put a pro in there.
1: Yeah, but they just it's like, um, and they 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 pay a little money back.
0: Well, that you know, if it gives them a little experience, you know, to yeah, happen.
1: Uh, and like in like a money class for them, you know. Um,
0: right.
1: but so I and I don't know if that other series has three like pro am classes. Um, <clears throat> all, like ours is like a pro am spec tire where it's a Hoosier spec tire, and then. Pro Am Unlimited and Pro Class, and this year, uh, no, I run Spec Tire a couple times last year, but this is the first year I've really ran Spec Tire because normally my sp my tire sponsor com- conf- conflicts with that with that uh,
0: that race. So you can't run that class. Yeah, are there but- any are there any fuel regulations like you can't run? You know, additive, you 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 have to run not that, Not that I'm
1: aware of. Not that I'm aware of. I know you, you used to not be able to run a certain percentage of of uh, oxygenation or whatever in the AMA. Now, I don't know how that is. I don't think we have that in the NEDT. Now, I know in the Midwest, you have to run renegade fuel, and you have to buy it from the track for pro
2: class you know i i i agree with that
1: you know like i said i don't i don't have no problem with it other than i need to be able to get something to tune my bike you know the carburetor bikes you you can change pretty easy but i mean you got to be pretty daggone good just to throw the laptop up there and change a few things and say oh i got fixed it you know what well for me anyway i disagree
0: with you because that vortex that you have uh-huh. Trim tuning knobs on it. Yeah, you have a pilot jet and and yeah. a main jet on your board yeah. Deck. You know, I didn't even think about that. And and you don't need a laptop. You leave. that yeah, I didn't even think about off. that
1: because that that laptop can be intimidating. You know, every two hundred and fifty RPMs, every five or ten percent throttle position. There's a whole lot of numbers you could change <laughs> there.
0: Yeah, and, and you won't. You don't even want to be changing that much at the track. You know, no. if you're using. Most of like, if you're using oxygenated fuels, mm-hmm. they're all pretty damn close. Yeah. You no, know, if you're buying in the same range, you know, you, you, you're, you you're not having to change as much as you think. And the vortex does have a bit of adaptability, mm-hmm. not a lot, but some, Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's some myths about how fuel injection works. And by God, I am not the smartest guy with fuel injection. <laughs> I just have the the basics down and the, the mm-hmm. you know I, I'm probably the guy that you want to talk to if you're going to be in the percentage of people that um, are not gonna go throw down and race for money. Racing for money. There are some things because of the amount of compression you run with the fuels that you run that I don't get into um but if you're going to back it down, put one ten in it, you know, run it at thirteen five and 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 run in that class, okay, maybe I'm the guy you can talk to, yeah you know <clears throat> um do you are you guys allowed to run a second injector? Some of those guys do um.
2: I'm not going to say it's not good. I'm not going to say it's
1: good or not good. But, um, I mean, I I hate electronics. Electronics drive me crazy. So I I just feel like the more parts, the more issues we may have. And if I start having some issues like that, I got to get on the phone because me and electronics don't work
0: good together. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not I'm I, I, I'm on your side. I, I I really I really don't like some of it myself, but you have to take a step back and, and know what you're working with. And there are a couple of guys out there that have really good packages for things like that. Um, yeah, I know Jaime does. And uh, I'm not going to name anybody else because I don't want to say the wrong name. Um, uh, but th- th- there are some guys that have some good stuff out there. And yeah, once you get most of those packages, they're if if you follow simple rules with them, they're pretty industry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've got a setup on my Yamaha to where I can I can put the second injector in. Um, but you know d and 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 uh Richard at r p told me you know it's probably better just to keep your one for now unless you can get up here and we could tune it for you or or we can get it make sure it's right before it leaves our our place you know um and I know a lot of people say, Oh man, I can tune it. I know exactly how to get it. It ain't never right, and so that vortex you can turn those knobs a little. And I have seen a little bit of improvements with it, but um, can't they won't go, but so far. Um, and like I say, that second injector, from from what I hear, that it, it complicate things a little more, and that one could probably already complicate me. So <laughs> I, I don't want to add to it, you know. Um, and not that I don't want it, I wouldn't mind it, but um, you know rage d at rage he told me look we can do the same thing with this one let's just stick with this one for now you know let, let's not let's not go too far with it let's cuz i told him this year look we're going to stay basic we're not going to um you know we were man getting tests and stuff with that crf getting all kinds of power wouldn't never wouldn't ever stop would not ever stop i said give me what you know works Give me your combination. We're not going to try to deviate from that. A package, you know, that it runs, makes good power. We ain't got to have the fastest bike out there. I want to ride it more than I want to be the fastest out there. So let's let's work on that, you know. And um, you know, the package you gave me is, re- is really nice. That's cool. Um, and That's I don't, cool. you know, is maybe it's not the fastest out there. I don't know, but I quit even worrying about dyno numbers because like, you know. I mean, my CRF, we were getting 73 horse out of it and you know, 42 foot-pounds of torque, which was pretty phenomenal, but I, I, I got those tunnel vision on those numbers, and I, I quit focusing on actually how I rode on the track. And, and I used to be big time on I didn't care what the dyno said. It was how I felt when I was riding. You know, the dyno for the air fuel, yes, but you know, how it felt when I was on the track, you know.
0: Well, how it feels on the track is everything because your lap times are are a bigger proof. And I know there's guys that are going to argue with this and they can argue all they want. Lap times mean more than anything on the dyno. Yeah. Because if your lap times are good and you're running in the top three, winning races, you know, doing this, doing that, it's about getting the power to the ground and sometimes too much power. Is a negative.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> you know,
0: I mean, rideable here here's the here's the key. Rideable, usable power is all you need.
1: Yeah. You know. And I know, so like the wife's 250R, it's got one of y'all's 265 power valves on it. Right. And um, uh, man, it don't sound like it goes nowhere. Just bup bup bup, you know, but man, that thing is fast, you know. Everybody else or some other guys, they'll have some stuff, and them things will be screaming, just blitzing the wheels off. And this thing is putting it to the ground. And, you know, everybody says, man, that's the fastest thing out there. Man, that thing is fast. But, man, I don't know how much power it makes, but, man, every bit of it is going directly to the dirt.
0: And, and you know, and everything that you do and everything that we've talked about and everything that that I've heard you <clears throat> tell me throughout the times that we've talked, it's about traction. Yeah. You know, I can build you a fire breathing dragon that freaking just rips your arms out of the socket. But if it ain't getting traction, you're getting beat. Yeah. You know? So, so I'm not, I'll just say it. I'm not a dino guy.
2: Yeah. I just don't. I've got to
1: be a little bit, but my main thing is I've seen a big difference on, like, when the fuel injection was tuned right. And so, and some people, when they say tuned, they might be like, so they'll go in there, change time and up or down, see what the bike likes. But to me, I'm just even more important, more mainly worried about that my air fuel is at a safe spot everywhere, even under a load. Because sometimes that load, because I, I mean, I like riding my bike at low RPM under a heavy load sometimes you know, pulling. And sometimes that's where some of the
0: damage and the, the
1: detonation can yeah. happen.
0: But, um. Well, usually that's because the dyno doesn't load it the same as it does on the track. <clears throat> yeah. And they advance the timing too much. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> but like I said, that's, I mean, I just, you know, when you got the air fuel right, that bike, just the characteristics of them are so much better. To me, that's making them the most efficient you can out of what you got.
0: I agree. I agree
1: with that. You know, and, I mean, and that's not... the only thing I, I like the dyno for. And, you know, last year, the guy at the dyno would have told you, man, you're crazy. I've seen this guy change everything trying to get a quarter of a horsepower. And like I say, I got that tunnel vision on that number and I lost track of of, of what I knew and what I always did. And that was just... You know, I might not could jet it by the seat of the pants, um, but I I could say, hey, you know, that pipe might made more power, but this one felt better on the track. You know, um, stuff like that. You know.
0: Oh, I totally. You know us. We're old school. You know, we still do a lot of stuff old school. You know, and 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 there is time to to work on a dyno, and then there's time to go take it out to the track and develop it you know um yep. if you watch the guy that invented the the vortex richard he mm-hmm. goes and spends time on the dyno then we take it out and ride it and you develop and you're developing while you're riding mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> you take it back to the dyno to see what you have you know just to compare it with what, what the dyno says with some mm-hmm. of the other stuff and 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 that's the how the curve comes to be with Richard. Yeah. You know, some people disagree with that. Some people agree with it and, and we could get into a dino theoryology all we want. Um, there's different techniques and different beliefs and, and to a point, everybody's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's power to be found, but like, like I say, I, I've last year, I feel like I, I found out the hard way you can really overpower something, you know? And then, you know i've had people tell me well that means you need to get your setup right and i was like man so when i was running this motor with this power man i could almost go out there with any setup and run the same as if i changed it and made it better i could roll on the throttle a little bit or lean back a little bit or do whatever i need to do and be just as fast so all i'd done was got more power and created more problems you know more headache for me and I that's why I just said you know hey look we're gonna go back to the basics um yeah we're trying this Yamaha I know that's a little crazy but I got my Honda right here exactly my championship bike how it was like back how I I ran it you know TRX motor everything ready right here I know what it's gonna do um but I'm I'm gonna play with Yamaha a little bit and see, see how it does. I didn't know that I was going to leave the Honda sitting in the corner and be on the Yamaha every weekend.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's it's kind of a phase that's happening across the planet in every form of racing. Um, have you got into motocross or anything like that, or has it just always been TT? Well, I, I do motocross some. Um, I never run pro motocross. Like,
2: I run 30-plus or something
1: at the Daytona.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think I run 30 plus and it kind of made me feel, feel bad. Cause they called it vet 30 plus. I'm like, I mean, 30 is young, <laughs> you know, but, uh, I, I won that. I won the 30 plus and I run pro-am class. Um, and I whole shot at that. And I, you know, I run into the next berm a little hard and rolled it over trying to keep up with him young boys, but I'm not, I'm not seasoned on motocross like those guys are. You know, um, I, I don't. I ain't gonna say I don't like jumping, but so you could take a, a, a one of these pro-am motocross guys, a riders or whatever, and they can be like, okay, this is the new track we're racing this weekend. Man, the first lap, they're jumping jumps. So I've got to really feel comfortable and in my head know where what jump is after every turn. And kind of analyze it in my head that I know this jump is about a foot lower than than the takeoff. And then the next one might be two doubles or you know, I got to know that in my head before I feel comfortable. Once I feel comfortable, I'll go hard and I'll ride hard. But if I don't feel comfortable, now and I can go to a TT track and not feel comfortable, but I'll still ride hard. But motocross, I, I've got to I've got to warm up to it before. I get out of hand, you know. Right. Try to try to start acting too crazy on the
0: track. <laughs> I get it. So when you race, when you race uh, TT, what's your favorite surface to ride on? The tacky, the tacky. Yeah, I love. Blue-proof. I love a hooked up
1: track. You know, I love a hooked up track. You know, um, just because you could throw the bike harder, seems like you could drive it in there deeper, kind of be rougher on the bike. I guess you might say. Um,
0: because it's sticking yeah and you that's 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 more where you feel comfortable that that's more your your safe space when you're racing
1: yeah and um i know if i ain't mistaken you've been to uh, birch creek yes tt track and um so we raced there for years and that that's kind of where i not where i started but like that's some of the tracks i started on racing with um when Mark King and and all of them and uh, yeah. man, what is his what is his name? I cannot think of his name to save my life. Uh he had a blue and white Duncan, two fifty R, and it was the one of the nicest two fifty R's you ever seen in your life.
2: And I, man, Earl Windbush.
0: Earl Windbush. Last name sounds familiar.
1: Yeah. Um, he was a black guy that raced with us and, uh, boy, he had one of the nicest Duncan bikes, you know, decked out and, and he, him and Mark King and all were real good friends, you know, but, uh, you know how that track at night, like say Friday practice, Friday night practice, it would be kind of wet, heavy, and tacky. That's kind of the tracks that we, we always ran, you know, that's what all our locals were nighttime, cool. They didn't wet, they didn't we didn't go out there and practice till the sun fell behind the trees
0: and they wet the track. So that's kind of what I come up on, you know. So how do you do during the day in the blue groove dry that's creating dust? Well, I've kind
1: of come around to it um and learned what to do setup wise and stuff, and and a lot of that was from Wayne at PEP. Um I could and it's, it's crazy. I could call him on the phone, man, and he could tell me exactly what to do. And, I mean, it might not have been right, but I trusted him so much that when i done it, I just – I don't know if I made it work or he really knew what he was talking about. But, um, you know, he he really helped me learn a lot about that type of surface because when you went to the Nationals, that's almost what every track was.
0: Yeah, the, the, did you race in Indiana, Pennsylvania? Which one known? was that one? <laughs> God, I can't remember the name of the track, but it was every time we went there it was just no traction. No matter what you did, you, we could we could never get traction. There were other guys I raced You know, the Hetrix track? No.
1: We raced at uh, a PA race at Hetrix track
0: trying to think. I was talking to somebody and they, they knew the they were telling me about the place and they named the racetrack and I freaking for the life of me, can't remember what the name of it was, <laughs> but it was in, in Indiana, Pennsylvania. And I, I hated going there because we could never get traction. And I was talking to Shane hit and in talking with Shane, he freaking basically told me exactly what we were doing wrong. You know, not, you know, I didn't ask him what we were doing, but yeah. by, by the, I, I actually tried to pin him down on, Hey, some of the secrets that, that, you know, you're not that guy anymore. You're not racing. So, so let, let, let us know <laughs> what, what are some of the things that you that you do or did. And he didn't give us all the stuff, but you know, he was, he was pretty, uh, he came he came clean with some good setups and some things that they used to do. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I'll bet you he could still come out and run really fast.
1: Oh, there ain't no doubt in my mind. I I'll text him every once in a while and talk a little trash to him because I I Shane hit is awesome. He was a, he was always my idol. And uh I'll mess with him sometimes, hey, you know, when it's his birthday or something, I'll say, Happy birthday, old man. I said uh, I'll say um what is I say you got to the- it's about old enough. You get that discount now, don't you? And uh, you know he'll t- he'll talk a little trash back to me. And um, I might see a picture online, or maybe me in front of him, or something, maybe a practice or something. And I'll say, uh, I bet I bet you're glad you ain't got to see this all the time anymore. The, my number plate you know and he'll be like you boy you ain't never beat me if you did you got lucky <laughs> but uh i'm like old shane he yeah he uh he's helped me out a lot with stuff you know when i was coming up and started finishing on the podium and stuff you know he had told me before he's like hey um you know if you need help talking to somebody or or any sponsors or, or you need any any help with anything you let me know um i don't mind talking to people i don't mind telling you kind of uh, what you should expect, what to go, you know, stuff like that. So he was real good, you know.
0: Uh, he's, you know what, when you sit down and talk with Shane, he is a great dude. Oh, he really is. Yep. And, and utmost respect for him. Uh, had some great conversations with him on the podcast. And, and he's always got knowledge, especially, it doesn't matter if you're motocross, dirt bikes, racing cars, whatever it is. He's got some knowledge because he's done so much of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I used to mess with him. I'd say, man, ain't nobody from West Virginia that smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember I remember I, I, years <laughs> ago we uh we always cooked, you know, when we uh at the racetrack or whatever. Shane come over there talking to me one day. What do we have? Some some pork or something? I can't remember. Um Roast beef or something like that, and she's like, Shane, go and fix your plate now. Fix your plate. No, nah, no, nah. she's like, she's like No, nah, now you know, you can't come over here and not fix a plate, that's gonna hurt my feelings. And um, so he fixed my plate. There was some Georgia's barbecue sauce there, and she he was, you know, kind of looked at it. He put a little bit up there, boy, he was killing that Georgia's barbecue sauce. The next time, the next weekend, we come up to the racetrack. My mama gave him a whole gallon of that
2: Georgia barbecue sauce. He was like,
0: man, this stuff is good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we ought to hit him up for some sponsorship, right? Yeah. Yep. Because I think they're right down the road from the house. Nice. Nice. That's pretty awesome. Are you you focusing in on a championship or development this year? Well, I think
2: I'm –
1: I really think I'm either – and second, tied for second in points, or maybe third. I'm right there in pro class. And, I mean, the first time on the bike, you're always like, you know, it's going to be a learning curve. But, I mean, I feel like we might have a chance at the championship this year. You know, I just got to stay healthy and not get hurt. <laughs> that seems like that's the issue. Last year, man, I was feeling good, in good shape. And then I got in a crash, and I broke my tibia and fibula. Um. Well, like two weeks before our first big race, that race got rained out. No, it was a week before that race got rained out. But well, a weekend after that was a local. And I actually went and, r- and raced a local, um, cause they, they put a rod in my leg, but I was able to still ride. Um, you know, I could, I could still ride with, with some of the people, but, um, in practice I was playing around with Brad a little bit and, uh, me and him got together and practice, and I crashed three weeks after I broke my leg and just had surgery, had a rod put in it. And uh you hurt it. Well, no, I hurt my I I I I hurt my back because I held my leg out of the way and tucked and, and landed on my back. But I when I come up, Brad was over top of me. Oh my God, man, are you all right? Are you all right? I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, and I got up, he just, you know. Because, like I say, my leg was flopping around, and they had to put a rod all the way through it and screw it together. And I still had my stitches in my knee when i done that. Um, from when they done the surgery, but you know, kids, kids,
0: I've always this, and all you young said people, again? I said, kids, when you're listening to this, and all you young people, this is not what you do. You oh take yeah, your
1: time off, Man,
0: I, get I, healthy. <clears throat> Yeah,
1: and like, so I broke six ribs in Pennsylvania at uh, Hetrick Nims Track. Come back two weeks later, won my first pro race, and um, you know, like I say, man, I just don't. I feel like I cannot stay off the bike. You know, I I want to be on it. I got to be on it. You know, um, when I broke this leg and I went back and raced and crashed, like. Two weeks later or three weeks later, you know, that Monday I had a doctor's appointment and my wife was sitting there. He goes, so how's everything been going? Been going all right? I said, "Mm -hmm."
2: the wife starts busting out laughing. And he goes, what's so funny? And I said, and she goes, you better tell him.
1: I said, well, I raced this weekend. He said, do what? (laughs) I said, yeah. I said, and I crashed again. He said, huh? He said, you're supposed to be six or eight weeks before you even put, like, really, like, run on it or whatever. Cause they gave me a walker to walk with, him, but I won't walk with the walker. I was just, cause I mean, I, I, to me, I got pushed through the pain. You know, you got that, you can't sit down. You got that, the more you move, the better it get. I mean, of course, you can't go kicking a football, but you know what I mean? I felt like I, I kind of could, could, could judge my limits, but, um, you know, that really made me think, man, you know, I still raced. I He said, well, look, at least wait till I get your stitches out, and it heals good. I said, okay. <clears throat> so, luckily, we didn't have a race until after my stitches got out that next time. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I took it easy, man. I tried to, I, I was on the bike, but I, I tried to, and the racing ain't safe, but I tried to be as safe as I could. I mean, I just, I, I didn't feel like I could not be on the bike, but. And I'll, I mean, I feel like I need to be out there for my sponsors. I need to be out there for me, you know, but it really made me think, I'm like, man, you know, I've done a lot of stupid stuff, like get on the bike with a broke leg, um, you know, things like that, where, you know, man, I might should have just waited, you know, some uh, maybe I should have just waited, you know, um, I'm not saying that I have problems with stuff like that right now, but I, I do have. I do get sore and get pain sometimes and from crashing and I always had uh these older guys tell me just wait just wait you'll be able to tell when it rains you'll be able to tell when a
0: storm's coming <laughs> you know <laughs> brother we're not lying we're not lying yeah there's 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 a day you're mm-hmm. going to get out of bed and go oh I remember that day wow yeah and then, and then <clears> the next day you're going to get out of bed and go oh I remember that day too what do I gotta feel them both on the same morning? This is horrible. Yeah. Well, that's the rest of your life.
2: <laughs> you <Yeah>. know,
0: <laughs> it, <clears throat> racing is is the funnest thing I've ever done in my life, and um, I'm was never very good at TT, um, just purely because um, we didn't have a lot of it, so I never took the time to 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 learn it properly. Yeah. Um, it's I think that when you see a TT bike. And you have the right guy on it with a setup at night under the lights. It's the sweetest. It, an ATV is home there. Granted, yeah. Cool stuff on the motocross track and you know, they're whipping them and they're doing all kinds yeah. of cool stuff on them. But <clears throat> when you see them throw it into the sweeper at freaking you know, 80, 90 miles an hour or, uh, you know, give or take, and they just drift through there. So awesome. And the rider just it looks effortless. That is poetry. It's so yeah. awesome.
2: you know.
1: Yeah, like I say, man, I love it. And you know, y'all ought to fly down to Astra Bula one time. Um, like I say, it's and I don't know if y'all have ever been to Astra Bula, I'm sure you probably have.
0: I've been there quite a few times.
1: Yeah. And man, you know, it's always the Daytona of ATV racing. Um it ain't changed a bit. It, it it is the premier racetrack of all time, not not discrediting any other tracks, but it's just the atmosphere there is just unreal, and it's just
0: so many people. I was going to the races before you ever raced a race. Yeah, well, I was already I was back there, you know, in the '90s, and and. <laughs> I miss it to a point, and I know that you've talked to George Davis, mm-hmm. and I don't yep. know if he told you everything that we're trying to do. Not but right we are, off, we are. What what I want to do is is I travel to the races and I do press conferences for the specific mm-hmm. classes that are picked. If you've seen on YouTube, we did uh, Briarcliff, the motocross, mm-hmm. sport pro am, <clears> and then we did uh, we introduced Team USA. And we did the pros and mm-hmm. I've talked to George multiple times. Um, it's just like you needing funding to go racing. I need funding to come promote everybody and we're, we're trying yeah. to get out so that I can come to Astribula so that I can come and do a press conference there on Friday night before the race and get you guys some coverage that you deserve.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it would just be, you know it'd be really awesome you know in the 50th was really nice Curtis was there Shane was there you know all that kind of stuff I, I was able to to rag Shane pretty good that weekend you know but man I'm gonna tell you I mean what's it been maybe three or four years ago or something but uh
0: yeah we we, man, couldn't, I'm gonna make t- we couldn't make it Lauren and I couldn't make it
1: I'm gonna tell you he uh man he didn't even look like he's ever been off of that thing nope He he rode that 250R just like he always has.
0: Yep, he's still fast.
1: Yeah. I'm like, man, I hope, you know, I messed with him. I said, man, you're rolling. He kind of grins, you know, like, hey, I mean, did you think any different? That's kind of like, you know, that look he gave me. I said, man, when I get that
0: old, I hope I'm still
1: fast like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know that you're hitting, you're going to wake the bear up. You know that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I always mess. With him. I'm like, dude, it just ain't the same without you. You need to come.
0: He's, what are you, what are you, you going to do when he shows up <clears throat> and you're over in the hay bales going, what happened? And Shane's over there waving and smiling. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> I only came here yeah. to do that. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, the competitors will be happy. You know, Chucky's in the hay bale and, and Shane's <laughs> going to the truck. <laughs> oh. Yeah that's awesome. Hey, I want to thank you so much. I know that you're a busy guy and this took some, took some time to get you here and get you on here. I want to promote your portion of our industry. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to let everybody know the artistry of TT racing and what it takes for you guys to go as fast as you do in, in the, type of racing that it is it's not easy it's not a a walk in the park you still have to train you still have to set your bike up you still have to have the right kind of power and getting these conversations out there and getting you guys exposed to more and more people is only going to grow our sport and i hope that you coming on and if you can get some of the other guys in the series to come on and, and talk with me and let's, let's talk about the differences in the bike setups and the differences in the Honda and the Yamaha and, and things like that and really get people interested in what you do. Yeah. I mean, that's
2: that, yeah, that, that, that would be good.
0: That's what my goal is, you know, and and Tucky, I'm gonna ask you to come back on because. Mm-hmm. We we talked about a lot of different things, but we never talked about your building blocks and your story, and got in depth with just who you are and how your racing career has developed and why you're one of the fastest guys. Okay, uh, I know you're 37. You got some years under your belt, and, yeah. and after that, you should be fast. But <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> there's some developmental things that happened in your life and some people that you got connected with, like Shane and Wayne that helped you. And and I'd really yeah. love to, to get deep and in depth with that so that people can understand what it takes uh, to get educated and, and be able to go as fast as you do. Yeah. So l- let's get you on again. And, and uh, I, again, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience. Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs. And Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs